Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright, and I will actually be doing the uh, podcast solo today as uh, Cody is out, uh, and I'll probably talk about that in the beginning, but I have a lot to talk about. Um, right now, I'm recording this on a Wednesday at 10 o'clock uh, Pacific time, and we just got done watching the Lakers and Warriors. Absolutely insane. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about what Cody and I were texting back and forth about the game and uh, what we need to look forward to. Also, I will be talking about the San Francisco Giants still in first place in the NL West. So a lot to talk about today. So, hey guys, stay tuned. Alright guys, so... uh, Man, it's good to be back. Uh, we had to miss last week. Uh, a lot of stuff were, was uh, still going on for Cody and I. And uh, unfortunately, Cody is not in this week. Um, he actually ended up having uh, knee surgery uh, for a uh, torn ACL. So he is on the road to recovery, and he got that done. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. He got it done yesterday, so... Uh, he, he, uh, he said he's going to be out at least a week, maybe two, um, and, uh, he will be back with us. So Cody, uh, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to you for a speedy and fully recoverable knee. So (laughs) that's a shout out to him, but we have a lot to talk about today. Um, as I said in the kind of the promo here, we're going to be talking about the Lakers and Warriors game that just happened. Um, and then, uh, we're also going to be talking about the San Francisco Giants. So, um, without further ado, I guess all I need to do is get started here. Um, let's talk about the Lakers first. Now they, uh, they beat the Warriors 103 to a hundred. Uh, it was an intense game. Um, if you watch the whole game, the first half, you thought the Lakers were probably like the 10th seed and the Warriors at that point were the seventh seed. Um, you would have never guessed that that was 7-8 seed. Like, it was just, the Lakers did not look good. Uh, LeBron started the game shooting 1-for-7 from the field. Um, now, I mean, let's, let's put that into context a little bit. The Lakers have not been healthy, especially the last month. Uh, LeBron barely came back and then kind of had another injury, uh, Anthony Davis, he came back, but it seemed like every game he was hobbling or grabbing something or getting something worked on on the bench uh, when he wasn't in play. So um, there was a lot going on. And then Dennis Schroeder as well, he, was, he just got back literally two games before we uh, went into this play-in tournament. So uh, we have a lot of injuries going on right now, and uh, it was kind of at a poor time. But, um, and you could see that in the first half. The first half was just awful. I mean, it was stupid turnovers by the Lakers. Um, you know, I, I use the word, uh, they were getting cute. Um, and, um, it just, it, it didn't look like Laker basketball that we're used to. And to be perfectly honest, too, the defense was really lackluster for a while. Um, we had, I mean, I, I can't remember how many times I looked and that's an open shot. Oh, that's an open shot. Oh, there's another open shot for the Warriors. 
Um, you know, Steph Curry is gonna is gonna Curry. I mean, he he's phenomenal. He's in my opinion the second best player in the league right now, and and um, you know, he he definitely showed that tonight. Um, Steph Curry was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he put the whole Warriors team on his back and, and, uh, you know, didn't bat an eyelash. So, uh, it was quite incredible to watch, to be perfectly honest. So the first half, we were only down by 13, which sounds kind of crazy, but in today's, you know, basketball, that's not a lot. Um, and, um, we got lucky that we were down 13. Like we should have been down by 33. That's how bad we looked. Um, but then all of a sudden, the second half came, and it was a whole new Lakers team. It was the Lakers team that we knew we could see. It was the Lakers team of, first of all, we're the best defense in the NBA, and we're going to prove it to you. And they absolutely did. Yeah, Steph Curry was still getting some of his shots, but he kind of slowed down in the third quarter, and that's usually the quarter where Curry really starts getting going. Um, and then he usually kind of continues it in the fourth quarter and, and starts, uh, you know, really hitting with some crazy threes later on. But, um, we kind of, I don't want to say shut him down because we didn't, I mean, he was still getting buckets, but, um, you know, Curry was not Steph Curry in the third quarter. Um, and I think that was a huge quarter for us because not only did we deplete that 13 point lead, but we actually ended up taking the lead. So, uh, that was that was huge, um, you know. Like I said, LeBron started shooting uh, one for three, and uh, he ended up shooting seven for seventeen. So he definitely did get better. Um, you know, he ended up with a triple double, which you know, <laughs> I mean, with I mean, I guess a triple double since Russell Westbrook has been. Uh, you know, making that happen for four years straight, it, it doesn't have the same impact. But in a playoff game, you know, you need your best player to do the best things. And Le- LeBron proved, listen, I'm going to get rebounds. I'm I'm going to make my teammates, um, you know, make these shots. I'm and I'm going to you know take over the game. And I told Cody in the beginning of the third quarter, it just looked like right away we're going to play defense. And then LeBron said, I'm taking over this game. I am going to be the guy. You're going to have to stop me, and then I'm going to make everything else happen. And that's exactly what he did in the third quarter. LeBron really took it over. Now, I um, they took him out in the, about the middle of the third quarter. There was about two minutes left in the third quarter. He came back, and I didn't like that. I thought that was kind of weird because I felt like you need LeBron James in the fourth quarter you're probably going to, you should have had him sit, you know, basically the rest of the third quarter, in my opinion, and um, maybe a little bit of the fourth quarter, see how it starts off, and then throw him out there for the rest of the fourth quarter. Um, but they ended up taking him out, putting him back in with two minutes left in the third quarter. He then goes out about like mid fourth quarter which I again I didn't like and I know he's he's got some injuries and he's got these um you know lingering things going on and they're trying to you know keep him healthy you know they can't just go all in on this game because they're you know if we would have lost this game there still is another game to be played so you know it's not uh it's not the end of the world but I felt like you really wanted that game you don't want to have to be in a position where 
you know, one more game and you're out, you know, and, you know, do you want to play the Jazz or do you play, want to play the Suns? I think, you know, Suns are kind of, the Suns are manageable, you know, the Jazz right now, depending on how healthy Donovan Mitchell is, uh, that, that could be kind of a scary animal. So, um, you know, they kind of had to pick and choose who they wanted and, and so, I I, th- I felt like they were saying we don't really care who we play. We just we just want LeBron healthy, uh, which is fine. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you kind of get that feeling. Um, and then LeBron did come back. I I believe it was about six and a half six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and uh, he he basically played the rest of the fourth quarter, which was needed. Uh, I mean, he hit a huge, huge three over Steph Curry. Um, you know, he's saying, you know, he, he can't see how true that is. I don't know. I mean, he said he saw three baskets. I mean, I think he's just saying, he's saying that to kind of play it up a little bit more, but you know, for the most part, getting poked in the eye, you know, I think we've all been poked in the eye at some point in our life and, um, it's not the best thing. (laughs) Um, and it's, it does affect you for a while. Like, you don't realize it, but when, you know, when you get poked in the eye, it'll affect you for a while, usually for a day or two, where your eye is kind of, like, a little irritated. And uh, he, it was a pretty full-blown contact. I mean, do I think he was acting a little bit on how bad it hurt? Yeah, I think he did. I think he was trying to get that flagrant, and, and why not? I, I'm not saying that was a bad thing. Um, but in the end... Um, he ended up not getting the flagrant and he did get poked in the eye. I mean, no matter what, that does hurt. And, um, you could tell it was affecting him. It was bugging him. Um, but I still think he was able to see, I think he was just more of like, you know, (laughs) opening your eye at the right time (laughs) is when you need to do it. So, um, but for the most part, you know, LeBron really definitely took it over. Um, you know, he did a great job. I think Anthony Davis, uh, really struggled as well in the beginning and started getting it going. And he was the leading scorer for the Lakers with 25 points and actually the leading rebounder with uh, 12 rebounds. So good news there. Um, you know, uh, another thing that I did take from this, Dennis Schroeder, he used to be a really good defensive guy. And he he really, man, every time he was on Curry, it seemed like he was getting beat. He was biting on the fake um, it was pretty bad, um, and uh, so I'm a little worried with Schroeder. Now, you could make the argument he did just come off an injury. Um, you know, his his um, uh, endurance may not all be there, and and that that is a fair point. Um, but yeah, Caruso was definitely the main guy who was on Curry uh, for the most part, and he did a a. a, a it's kind of hard for me to say he did a great job because, you know, Curry ended up with uh, 37 points. So, <laughs> you know, how great of a job did he do? But, I mean, against a great player, are you really going to be able to stop him that much? But he he was in his face most of the time, and, and he didn't give Curry real easy looks. There was a couple of times he did, but uh, for the most part, he was the most effective defender uh, on Curry in that game. So, good uh, good job by him. And, uh, I, I did want to have a little shout-out to Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma, for kind of the role player that he has become, he has really made it 
a, a point to when I'm on the court, I'm going to be effective as much as I can. Um, he only had six points, but he had six rebounds, four assists. But his passing was really good, um, and uh, his shot selection was really good. And he didn't really turn the ball over like he usually did. He has really come into his own this year. He's really filled this, the role that he wanted to have or that he has in the, on this team, and he's done a great job. So I did want to say Kuzma, really great improvement this year from last year, and and uh, look forward to seeing him in the Sun series. I, I really am curious of... Uh, if he's going to get a few minutes, uh, a few minutes more, so we'll see. All right, so the Lakers move on now. They're going to face the Suns. So Chris Paul, um, you know Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Now Ayton has had a really good year. I think Ayton's going to have a problem with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a guy who can hit a shot from anywhere, so Ayton really can't hunker down in the. Um, you know, in the um, uh, key, sorry, I completely blanked. He can't really stay in the key. And the issue with that is for the Lakers, they're really going to have to play Anthony Davis at the five. Why? Because if he, if they play Andre Drummond, then you keep Aiton in the key. I think you're going to see Andre Drummond's minutes go way, way down. He only played... Uh, 16 minutes, 45 seconds, so we'll we'll round up and say 17 minutes. He played 17 minutes today, and they played a lot of Anthony Davis at the 5. I think you're going to continue to see that just because of the matchup. They want to keep Aiton out of the key. And then Chris Paul, I think you're going to see more of Caruso. I think he really proved that, you know, hey, I can be a guy who, you know, that Matthew Della Vadova uh, time where where he was guarding Steph Curry like constantly, just full court press the whole time in the uh, NBA Finals a few years back, and so Alex Caruso definitely is going to be that player, and he's going to be on Chris Chris Paul, and I think you're going to see a lot of the minutes minutes mimicked uh, with Chris Paul and and, and uh, Alex Caruso, so. That'll be an interesting, um, interesting, uh, you know, setup there. Now, Devin Booker, I think you would, I, to be perfectly honest, I think you're going to see a lot of Kuzma because length is going to affect Booker, whether you like it, whether you believe it or not. Devin Booker, he's a he's a great shooter. He's going to get his points, but I feel like if you put Kuzma on him, um, Caldwell Pope, I don't know if you're really going to want him. On there all the time. I mean, he's not really going to affect Booker in the length department, but he will get up in his grill. So I feel like you're going to see a lot of KCP on Booker, and you're going to f- see a lot of Kyle Kuzma. They'll probably throw Wes Matthews because he had a pretty decent game today. Um, so I think they're going to throw a lot of size at Booker, and I think that's smart. Now with Aiton, you're probably going to see Anthony Davis, and uh, when Drummond comes on, he'll probably play. And I think you will see a little bit of Marcus Gasol. Uh, a veteran guy. If Aiton's really going, I think they 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 may try and throw Gasol out there to kind of throw Aiton off a little bit. So it'll be interesting to, uh, to watch this series. But I do feel like the Lakers actually match up really well against the Suns, and I feel like that's why they really did end up going all in in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter today against the Warriors because they know we 
we feel a little bit better about the Suns. The Suns are a great team. There's no question. And this is going to, it's not going to be a sweep by the Lakers. No question. But I do feel like they match up a little bit better against the Suns. And this is an inexperienced Suns team in a postseason game. Uh, with the Jazz, they've been in the playoffs a few times now. They kind of know what to expect. And, you know, again, with all the players that they have in Utah, they have some really good depth. I think Phoenix has some good players, but do they have that deep enough depth? I'm not uh, I'm not entirely sure on that. So uh, it'll definitely be a really, really interesting, uh, interesting uh, series there for sure. But I do feel like the Lakers will come out of that uh, as the winners and move on. So, I mean, I guess I guess I should predict. I think it's going to be. Oh man, how many games? I'm gonna say six. I'm gonna say Lakers in six, in six games. I think they will end up winning, and I think it'll be tough, but I do feel like they will pull it off. So um, I think the Lakers will pull will end up doing that. So. All right, guys, but I did want to say this real quick. Steph Curry is no one, no one to mess with. I mean, Steph Curry was cooking tonight. He is ridiculous, and I got to be honest with you, as as much as I don't want to see Steph Curry again, I'm as a, as a basketball fan, I want to see more Steph Curry in the playoffs. I want to see him. Um, I said it. In the beginning, Steph Curry, to me, is the second best player. I know everyone wants to say Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a phenomenal shooter. Um, He's a guy who um, can really make any basket. But with Steph Curry, not only is he great, he's a great shooter. He's the the best shooter in the game. And and Cody and I were talking about this uh, via text. Um, You know, Kevin Durant is is a really good all-around shooter. Steph Curry is a pure shooter. I mean, he's a guy that when you need a three, it's going to Curry. When you need uh, a guy to go to the basket, Curry's going to be better. Durant can get to the basket, but he's got to be, he can't bully his way. For the length and and the, the, for just his overall body, like he should be able to get inside, but he, he can't bully his way through there. He's got to make some moves. And Steph Curry, with his size, I mean, it's it's a given. You have to make those moves. And Curry is so silky smooth. He can get to the basket whenever he wants to. Um, there was one play where he was trying to get around Anthony Davis. And I was amazed he got around him. Anthony Davis had great position, knew exactly where Curry was going, and basically was going step for step for him. But then he went and tried to go for the shot. He was in, he ended up getting fouled by Anthony Davis. But the he even like it was crazy that he got the shot off. I mean, he was insane. So um, to me, Steph Curry is the second best uh, basketball player in the NBA today. Um, I think obviously I'll always say LeBron is number one, but Steph Curry is a is not that far away. Number two, uh, Curry. In my mind, and this will be a debate for another day, I believe he's the MVP of this year. The team that he has, um, the players that have been out for him, and him ending up in this in uh, this play-in tournament and playing the Lakers, being three points away from 
uh, tying it to go into overtime, Steph Curry, in my mind, is the MVP. And you, you really cannot tell me otherwise, to be honest. I know everyone's saying Jokic. I don't see it. I see Curry. So that's that's my argument. All right, guys, I'm going to take a break. And uh, when I come back, we will be talking about baseball. That's right. We're going to be talking about the San Francisco Giants and uh, what their series against the Reds is looking like and then the series ahead of uh, going against the Dodgers this weekend. So stay tuned. Welcome back. Um, So this is my favorite part of the whole podcast is talking about uh, baseball. And specifically, we get to talk about uh, San Francisco Giants baseball. Um, First and foremost, uh, if you were to tell me that not only are the Giants first place in the NL West, but are seven, or sorry, seven, are 11 games above 500 uh, to start the the first, what, we're within 45 games, uh, I would have told you you're crazy. And I would say, I mean, I think they might be like 500, but 11 games over 500, I don't think so. The Giants are just reeling and dealing, and, and I keep, I keep coming back to this, and I, it's not it's not to toot my own horn. It's more so of this is what I saw, and it's coming to fruition. And well, let's just get it out there. The Giants took chances on guys who have ace starter stuff, like just really good command, really good breaking pitches. Um, they know how to fool the batter. They're they're just really good at what they do. The only thing is a lot of these guys struggled with injuries. So they came to San Francisco in hopes of, okay, I want to um I want to continue my career, but I need a place where I can be successful. And you, I mean, you look at San Francisco and you, you look at the roster and if you just look at the, the position players, not the pictures, you go, I don't know if I can win here. I mean, this is a lot of old guys. You know, you look at an Evan Longori, you look at a Buster Posey, you look at a Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt. Um, you know, those guys are kind of the elder statesmen, if you will. You know, those are the guys that have been there forever. Uh, you know, Evan Longoria obviously hasn't been a giant forever, but he's but he's been in the game for a while. So you look at that and you go, "That's uh, that's pretty." I don't know, man. Like, yeah, they used to be good, but can they continue to do what they used to do? Um, and then, yeah, you look at a Mikey Stremski, you know, who's he's not really that young, but he's uh, he's young in the in the uh, majors, so. I don't know, like, you, you just look at the position players and you go, it's a whole lot of, you know, used to be. And you look at this rotation, and here's the thing. This is what a lot of people forget, and it sounds so dumb. It To me, it's, it's kind of like, I know people from the outside probably look at it going, Oh my god! You, you constant you baseball people constantly talk about the 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 ballparks like, like they're this you know 
tenth man in the in the in the thing, but it does it, it is something. San Francisco is one of the hardest uh, places to get a home run in at Oracle Park. It is. It's something about the air. It's something about how where the stadium is positioned at. And it's something about how the weather is there in San Francisco. Now, in the daytime, Oracle Park actually does act different. The ball carries more. But at night, it does not carry more. It sounds so dumb. But it's the same as Coors Field. Coors Field is just one of those places where the air is thin and the ball just carries. I mean... If you are a home run hitter, your dream place is to hit at Coors Field. And if you're a pitcher, your dream place is to pitch at Oracle. And that is what happened. These pitchers who have this great stuff, who have dealt with injuries, they're looking for a pick-me-up, a, a team where they can be successful and earn the money that they think that they deserve, but also to be part of something that may not be you know the most popular thing but is trending in the right direction and that's the San Francisco Giants they're trending in the right direction they're just doing it in an unorthodox way in a different way than than what like every other team is doing they want home run hitters they want guys who um you know who crush the ball and you know it's okay if you only hit 250 but you know as long as you're hitting you know, 35 home runs a year, we're okay with that. The Giants build it differently. They said, we're going to get guys who are going to make contact. So it's not an easy out. You're not going to, it's not a definite strikeout guy. It's not a definite strikeout lineup. This is a tough team to pitch against because they don't strike out a lot. And that already makes it tough. Then you have to face a pitcher who's got A stuff every single time. Kevin Gosman in Baltimore, was really good. But not only did the ballpark not favor him, he also dealt with injuries, and he he lost a lot of confidence when he gave up a lot of runs. Him being in San Francisco, not only is the ball staying down and staying in the park, but he's getting more and more strikeouts, and he's getting more and more confident. And it's scary to the opposing team that Kevin Gosman is pitching this well. Then you look at Anthony Descalafani. This guy was the ace for Cincinnati when Johnny Cueto left. The issue with him was he could never stay healthy. And he's got the right stuff. And him coming to San Francisco was the perfect opportunity. Not only does he get to play with uh, Johnny Cueto again, but now he doesn't have to be the guy. He can just be a guy. And that's what he loved. And not only that, he's now showing you why teams were still calling about Anthony DeScalafani. Now, were there a lot of teams? No. But the Giants were definitely one of them. And obviously, if you're a pitcher and you're looking to keep your ERA down, that's what he did. He came to San Francisco. Then you look at Aaron Sanchez. He's been one of my favorites, and and the reason being is is simply this: he's a high strikeout guy. He's got he's got the right stuff in Toronto. He just again could not stay healthy. But Toronto is not a, a a super home run friendly place, but it's not 
you know, it's kind of middle of the road, you know. There's some times where it kind of plays where you're not going to hit a home run, and there's times where it plays where you're going to hit a lot of home runs today. So Aaron Sanchez battling, you know, he's a high strikeout guy, which means he's around the zone a lot, and a lot of guys will hit off that. So Oracle Park is a really good fit for him because he can stay around the zone still, get a lot of strikeouts, but not give up as many home runs as he was. And not only that, but he's really been keeping the ball down. It's not that he's not giving up runs. I mean, every pitcher is going to give up runs, but it's the fact that he used to be a guy who, who you know, would challenge guys, and now he's pitching so brilliantly. It's really nice to watch. I'm really excited for Aaron Sanchez. You know, Johnny Cueto has had a couple of struggles here and there. Uh, obviously, he got injured earlier this year, just came back, kind of had a rough outing. But overall, Cueto, his stuff is still there. Is he going to, you know, have the highest fastball that he used to? No, no, he's not. I mean, he's not going to be... He's not going to be that guy who's in the high 90s anymore. He's he's going to be around, I mean, the highest he's probably going to get is 95. And that's on a really good day or a really angry day. <laughs> um, other than that, you're going to see him about 92, 93 mile an hour fastball. But it's not the fastball that kills people. It's the other stuff that he does. Not just the shimmy shake before he throws the ball. It's it, it's the stuff. It's it's the breaking stuff. The changeup is a wicked pitch that he has that has really developed as he's been in San Francisco. So um, that's another guy. And then you uh, you look at Alex Wood. This guy had a stuff in the Dodgers organization, but he just couldn't stay healthy. And for a period of time, the Dodgers were so good that they had him in the bullpen. And he was, I mean, he was ridiculous. Like, every time, I remember uh, when he was with the Dodgers, watching him, every time he came in in relief, it was like they would throw out Kershaw and then they would throw out Alex Wood right after that. And you're like, well, that's a loss. Like, it's, it just, like, it was, you were never going to hit him. And the the thing that makes Alex Wood so good is he doesn't have a lot of pitches that he works with, but the pitches that he does work with they're all it's all moving and it's all moving in a downward in a downward way it's not coming up it's not moving side to side it's going down so it it makes it tough to get that ball in the air and over the fence even more and when you look at again oracle park when the ball is going down you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot more ground balls than you are getting those pop-ups so um you know, Alex Wood is is benefiting it, benefiting from it. Excuse me. So, um, this is this is what we were talking about. This is what I told Cody: is this is a really good rotation. If they stay healthy, this is going to be a hard team to beat. Not only, like I said, they don't strike out as uh, in the batting lineup, but also <laughs> the rotation is strong. Now, the bullpen still needs a little work. Jake McGee has been a little rough as the closer. He started off great, but because we have used him so much, I feel like it's starting. people are starting to figure him out way earlier than what we needed them to. So, um, you know, I think you're going to see more Tyler Rogers uh, get a few more uh, saves, and you might see a few other guys. But 
It'll be interesting to see what the Giants do because they're going to have to do something at the trade deadline. I don't think they're going to go after position players. Maybe they will, but I do believe they're going to go after someone uh, for the bullpen. I think they're going to go after another setup guy who can also get saves. Um, At this moment, I'm not sure who they would grab, but to me, a really good... A really good guy that I think they could potentially end up trading for would be a Brad Hand from the Cleveland Indians. He's kind of been struggling a little bit. So that means his price is going lower, which means when the Giants try and trade him, they're not going to give up as much. But also, you get a guy who's a veteran, and he's got good stuff, and he's kind of an unorthodox thrower. He's a, he's a sidearm thrower. He's not really one of those, you know, three-quarter um, throwers, or he's not like Tyler Rogers, but he he is a guy who does. You have to get used to his throwing motion to even see the ball coming to you. And he's got a really good slider. He's got a good fastball. That would be someone I I want to see the the Giants go after because I think that is a guy who could not only benefit from Oracle Park, but who could also really help the Giants as well. So, um, you know, keep an eye out for um, bullpen movement for the Giants uh, come come July and August. So, the Red Series, the Giants have been phenomenal. Um, we're, it's a four-game series against Cincinnati. We've already won three as I'm recording this on Wednesday. They play Thursday really early, 9.30 so, but honestly, by the time you uh, hear this, uh, they would have already played. They could potentially sweep. Do I think they will? I think this Reds team is too good. And, and that's another thing. This Reds team is really not something to kind of scoff at. This is a really good hitting Reds team. And our pitching is is really shutting them down in Cincinnati. And that was a little bit of a, of a worry uh, for me uh, going into the series because... This Cincinnati ballpark is is a home run friendly ballpark, and um, you know this was going to be a really true test for this starting rotation, and we've really held up well, uh, really um, holding our own. And I mean, we blanked them on Wednesday, winning four nothing. Um, we won Monday six to three, Tuesday four to two, and then uh, Wednesday four nothing. So we'll see how they do Thursday, but. The one that I really wanted to talk about is the series against the Dodgers. Now, the Giants are in first place in the NL West by half a game above San Diego. Um, San Diego is on a six-game winning streak. The Giants are on a four-game winning streak. But the Dodgers are on a three-game winning streak. And they're only two games back. And they have a ton of injuries. Now, we're seeing the Dodgers at a pretty optimal time. Because Bellinger still seems to be injured. We'll probably see Pujols kind of make an appearance here. um, As the Dodgers had just signed him. Um, You know, Muncie has been pretty good for them. uh, But now they lost Corey Seager. We don't know, um, you know, uh, if we will see him this year. I'm sure we will. But um, Seager being injured just recently that takes a a big bat out of the lineup so we are seeing him at a good time and to be perfectly honest too Kershaw hasn't been pitching well 
The only issue is Kershaw loves pitching at Oracle, and it is going to be in Oracle. So we'll see what happens. Um, but um, this will be an exciting, exciting time because, um, again, I know a lot of people want to look at the Dodgers and be like, you know, this is this is a great team, and, and no question, they are a great team. But also, they're dealing with a lot, and they they still haven't been at full uh, full power. And um, that really, like I said, that really benefits the Giants in, in that situation. The only issue with the Giants is we see Trevor Bauer, then we see Walker Buehler, and then we see uh, Julio Urias. So, um, you know, those are... <laughs> Those are not easy uh, guys, but the Dodgers bullpen has been awful, and Kenley Jansen has been shaky at best. So even if we are down, you know, one or two runs uh, come later inning, you know, seven plus innings, it'll be interesting to see if the Giants can maybe make some comebacks. Um, you know, the the other good thing is we just are coming off a uh, a series win over the Reds. So our confidence going into this LA series is going to be really high. Um, so we're going to have to keep that up. But, you know, Trevor Bauer is a guy who uh, the Giants were really trying to pursue. So um, he might kind of want to make a statement. I mean, this is his first time seeing the rivalry uh, between the Dodgers and the Giants. So um, that'll be an interesting game, to say the least. Um and then uh, Walker Bueller on Saturday is no day at the park. <laughs> That's going to be fun, at least. Um, and then we see Urias uh, on Sunday in the afternoon, uh, which I think will be a really fun game. Um, the Giants have been pretty good against left-handed uh, pictures this year. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But for the most part, I'm really looking forward to this series. Um, you know, the Dodgers, we're, like I said, we're catching them at the right time. So, um, you know, it'll be really, honestly, it'll be really, really deflating if the Giants can't get this series. If not, at least make the, the games close. Um, but I feel like if we go one and two, or we get swept by the Dodgers, it'll be a real, real killer to our team. And I think you'll start seeing the Giants kind of lose a little bit of momentum. Um, and it, it's not going to be good either because we see the Dodgers at home. Then we uh, have a day off on Monday. We see Arizona in Arizona for two-game series. And then Thursday through Sunday, uh, which would be the 27th through the 30th, we see the Dodgers in L.A. So this Dodgers series, I mean, you don't think it's that much, but with the Padres having a lot of struggles with Tatis being out, um, all the injuries that they've experienced, and then the Dodgers being absolutely de depleted, if we lose this series against the Dodgers, this first series, it's going to be crushing, and you're going to see um, probably a losing streak for the Giants. So uh, it will definitely be a series to watch, uh, not only because it's a rivalry, not only because uh, the Giants are in first place and the Dodgers, you know, are the defending champs, but because it is going to really determine how the next two weeks go for the Giants and 
potentially how the Dodgers play. Um, so it'll it'll be it'll be a fun series to say the least. So you know, watch it this weekend for sure. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, that is all I have for you today. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'm hoping to have uh, some exciting news coming up soon. Um, we have some plans for uh, for Drew Code that uh, we're really excited about. So, uh, you know, definitely stay tuned. Um, hopefully I will be able to record with Cody next week, but I'm not holding my breath. As, like I said, he is recovering from uh, knee surgery. So, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to, uh, to Cody out there. Um, guys, thank you again. I know I keep saying it, but I really do appreciate it. Um, go check out all of our social media. Um, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also go check out our YouTube page, uh, subscribe to our YouTube page and, uh, like or follow on our other social media sites. Uh, we try and post as much as we can. Uh, uh, you know, we're, I think we're most active on Twitter, uh, but pretty active on Instagram as well. But, um, as I have been, we have been tweeting from, uh, Drew Co. We were tweeting about the uh, fantasy basketball championship. I did end up beating Cody literally by three points. Um, at the end of it, it actually said one point, but as I went back and kind of looked, um, they kind of deducted some points and added some points on, uh, you know, either a player turning the ball over or whatever. And, uh, so I ended up beating him by <laughs> three points, which I was up by like 300, uh, to, you know, in the, like the first week. So Cody came, made a, a roaring comeback, but, uh, you know, Luka Doncic, my first pick held up for me. So, uh, appreciate that Luka. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Cody's listening to this right now going, oh man, I can't believe he said it, but I had to, I told him I was going to talk smack. So I'm going to talk smack. Um, anyway, so we post, uh, some, some good stuff on Twitter. So go, go follow us on that. Um, also go check out, um, well, rate and review on all of our, on the major podcast site. That means, uh, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, uh, iHeart and Spotify. So go check us out. Like I said, rate and review. Uh, if it's a one star, let us know, uh, what we're doing, what you don't like, and that way we can fix it. And if it's a five star, let us know what we are doing, right? That you, that you want us to continue to do so we can continue to do that. Um, so we, anything and everything is appreciated. We want to get better. We want to hear from you. So, uh, appreciate that. And then also, uh, go check out fnxfitness.com. Uh, you can, uh, check out all of our, um, well, all of their gear that they have. Uh, they, you know, they got great workout supplements, uh, great workout gear. So go check all that out. Um, uh, it's really good stuff. We can actually get you 15% off by using, uh, the, the Drew code, um, 15% off, I guess, coupon. Um, and, uh, the way to do that, the best way to do that is to go onto our website, which is DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. Uh, there is a link to, uh, the FNX Fitness and, uh, it'll show you, uh, what to type in to get into that 15% off. So go do that. And, uh, also go check out, uh, like I said, our website, our website's got great stuff. We post 
all of the podcasts on there. So if you don't have any of those major uh, podcast uh, sites, you can go to our website directly and listen to all the episodes. And also the videos that we that we post uh, on YouTube, you can also go check it out on there. Um, I was writing a blog, a Giants, San Francisco Giants blog, that hopefully I will be starting up soon. Uh, just again, life has been happening, haven't been able to, but go check it out. It's called One Giant Step, so go check all that out. And I think that's it. I think I've, I've covered everything. I'm sure Cody will tell me if I, if I forgot something or I missed something. So, uh, sorry if I did, but, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to, uh, to this podcast world that uh, we didn't expect. (laughs) So thank you guys for listening so much. We appreciate all the uh, love and support that we've gotten over, over the years. Um, And uh, thank you for continuing to listening. And Hey, we will check you. We will check in next week. Hopefully, Um, hopefully we'll have Cody. Like I said, I'm not going to hold my breath on it. It might be me again. So I'm sorry uh, if you're not a huge fan of me, but um, you know, Cody will come back soon. Uh, he's, he's just got to recover. So, you know, let him recover guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you again. I know I keep saying that, but we, we really do appreciate it. And, uh, hashtag Lake show, hashtag SF giants and hashtag Raider nation. Love y'all. See you the next week. <laughs>